welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, Chris brought bought a 3D printer, and he's making us talk about it. He says he'll put a gaming spin on it. So, what are 3D printers good for? How many kinds of 3D printers are there, and which ones are good for what? All that and a Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon is really cool. Uh, but first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and the Gifted Games of Grey's Lake, Illinois. Huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Join us on Zoom, tabletopgametalk.com slash live. I'm excited to talk about 3D printers, but first, let's banter. <laughs> I just wanted to, I kept hel- holding back. Huh, what is it good for? <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely nothing. Yes. <laughs> Not entirely true. <laughs> All right, Kitty. I'm going to ask save it you, for on topic. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to ask you first because I know what Fletcher did. How was your weekend or week or whatever the case may be? Um. Well, Spencer was out of town all last week, and then there was a time change, so I am extra super tired tonight. Yay! But it was oh, really beautiful weather, so I went to the zoo today. Yay! Yeah, we get to sleep in an hour more, but yes, it is an hour later than we're My used to right My children now. don't know that you're supposed to sleep in an hour more. My children are <laughs> like, hello, it is our wake-up time. This is the time we always wake up. Therefore, even though the world is like, now it's 8.30, my children, my brain, and my whole life is still like, no, it's 9.30. I don't know who you're kidding. <laughs> yeah, I we did a good job... On Sunday, well, Sydney did. She actually woke up with the kids. But we tuckered them out. Like, we just tired them out as much as we could on Sunday and put them to bed an hour later than they normally go to bed. So they slept in today to their normal time, give or take 15 minutes. And I'm like, success. Yeah, my kids are jerks who don't do that. Your kids are My kids are like, oh, you tired me out and kept me up late i'm overtired and i'm <laughs> yeah. gonna work up an hour earlier than you even think i should wake up ha ha oh your kids they're cute but jerks nah, yes. they're not jerks. they're fun so fletcher, i'd say also pretty normal they're pretty normal <laughs> so fletcher what did you do this weekend uh i hung out with you on uh on saturday <laughs> it was a lot of fun and we played. So we we were playing Car Wars. We got together to play Car Wars, but Terrence brought Gaslands as Gaslands. well. And I felt, yes, I felt a little bad because he gets there and he's pulled out Gaslands, and I look at him like, "We're not playing Gaslands." And he and he yeah, look, gives me puppy dog eyes immediately. <laughs> you're like, he gives me puppy dog eyes. Like, I don't know why you brought that. We're just <laughs> throw it away, just right in the garbage, and we're not going to play this at all. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, come on, like." We're not even all here yet. And we'll just do one quick clap. And you're like, okay, fine. <laughs> and it was great. I actually, I am glad that we played it um, because it gives, it's a great contrast to Car Wars as far as, you know, they're both car battling games. And it has inspired me to, for our next week's topic, um, which will not be about Car Wars or Gaslands, but it'll be tangentially <laughs> about that. So, it's about um, Mad Max. It's about Mad Max. Yes. <laughs> now we're talking about Mad Max for tabletop gamers. How does fuel shortages help with tabletop gaming? And that's a little too close to home right now. I don't like how this fuel shortage talk. Um, let's talk not about that stuff anymore. Um, yeah. Otherwise, oh, what else? So this weekend was great. We played. We probably played for six hours. 
You guys got here That's around right. 3 o'clock and left around mm-hmm. 9. I guess we didn't really play all that time. We played two games. We played Gaslands for about an hour, and then we played Car Wars for probably two and a half hours for a four-player game, uh, including build times, maybe two and a half, three hours. And then we went to dinner um, and had some actual beverages in person, which was fantastic. Uh, Fletcher, did you get back to the puppy in time? Oh, yeah. No problems okay. there. All right. <laughs> Thank you for uh, Terrence for driving me back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So carpooling galore. Um, and then if you are in around the Grays Lake area for Saturday the 20th, uh, 11 a.m. to whenever, uh, the Gift of Games is going to host a Car Wars uh, table multiple tables, learn to play type of thing. So I will be there. I think Eric will be there. Um, another patron of the store will be there and we're all bringing our car war sets. Uh, so should be fun and exciting and I'll get to play more car wars and I like more car wars. Otherwise this weekend, I think, or this week was otherwise uneventful. I think I had Tuesday off, which I got to play with a printer for most of the day. And then I have this Thursday off too, which I'll play with the printer most of the day. Um, but yeah, I like this printer thing. So let's talk about 3D printing. And this is this is a record for getting into on topic because after five minutes, now I want to talk about 3D printing for 55 minutes. Um, but Kitty, <laughs> I have a question for you. Oh, no. When I mentioned getting a 3D printer, I seem to recall you being somewhat interested in me printing stuff for you. Am I misremembering that? Um, sort of. I like the idea of you printing things for me, but I actually think I might have reached a limit on enough hobbies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <Not> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, my familiarity with 3D printing is mostly in uh, doll making uh, realms. So, yeah, not really board game adjacent wait so is that we're gonna we're gonna open it up a little bit well so just just so everyone knows so it's like wait a minute are we am i is this even a board gaming podcast anymore yes yes it is um 3d but print- occasionally we stray into barbie slash doll making <laughs> yes. territory because i'm on this podcast i mean it's it's a hobby podcast so we, we go all over the place yeah. um but we're gonna talk about so whether you're not you're gonna tune out or not um, we're going to talk about the two main kinds of consumer printers that are out there, what you yes. might use them for, and specifically around gaming. Because, yes, I have a 3D printer, but I'm I'm really 90% of the stuff I'm going to use this for is 3D or is basically printing gaming components or gaming adjacent. Like, this is a gaming accessory to me. Um, that's not the case for everyone who has a 3D printer, obviously. But that's what we're going to really kind of focus in on. But I also want to highlight that you can, this is one of those gaming accessories that you can use for a lot of different things. So for like dolls, I'm assuming like you'll print the head, the hands, the feet maybe, and then you have like a fabric body? No, like the whole body. Um, so the the kind of doll that um, I've seen people use mostly the resin 3D printers um, to make because it is harder. Um, you print the entire doll out of it but in pieces and then you string it together they're um a ball jointed doll so they have like 
holes in their body and then all their like limbs and neck have balls so that when they sit in it you can position them and and pose them okay i can see that um fletcher what is your and you can have you ever used a 3d printer (laughs) uh my brother has a 3d printer um but mostly i just i have seen them used i have had things given to me like look i got a 3d printer and i made you this thing but yeah that's it (laughs) and what kind of 3d printer does he have he has a filament printer okay all right so fletcher what is your experience with 3d printers and like your impressions of them from whatever that experience that is um well as we were talking about before uh my experience with 3d printers up until very recently um was where I used to work, where you currently work, we had a 3D printer in the office. And it was more of a curiosity as opposed to anything else. Mm-hmm. And people would print stuff from time to time and it would take forever. Mm-hmm. And you'd end up with kind of like, it was, a, it was a filament printer and you'd kind of end up with this interesting thing that wasn't <laughs> <laughs> useful in any way. Well, I mean, yeah, it wasn't even useful as a paperweight typically because they're very, very light. Um, it was more like printing art in a way <laughs> in a single color. Um, typically. Yeah. Yeah. And a single color 3d art kind of a, kind of a thing. It was interesting. It was kind of neat, but it, in my head, I was like, I, I, at first I wanted a 3d printer cause I'm like, yeah. But then after seeing like this filament printer that we had at work, I was just like, I don't know what I would ever use this for. This doesn't seem very useful to me right now. Um, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it. Yep. Um, yep. So my first experience with a 3D printer was um, probably 2003, maybe. Um, I worked for a company that did casting for airplane engines. And one of the things they had was an industrial-sized 3D printer that made metal parts. And the way that worked is you had a basically a, a tub of metal dust, and it would shine a laser on on it that would like burn these parts like just kind of melt metal into these parts and it would like this piece would suddenly just materialize and by suddenly i mean it would take days in order to print a part but when you are testing you know should i make a cast for this are we going to go through the full production thing that's very expensive but if you could 3d print it in a few days or a week typically um and then test it that way it gave you a much cheaper way to try it out. So obviously that was not something I was ever going to buy and be, you know, at that time it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, But yeah, up until I would say Halloween, I (laughs) thought that your typical 3D printer was the filament based. This is spools of plastic and the results of it were always less than, less than impressive. I'm not saying you can't make cool things with it. Like the model itself, if you're looking at it from a distance, you could make some pretty big stuff, some pretty cool stuff. But as soon as you pick it up, you're like, whoa, this is like infinitely lighter than I thought it was. Yeah, it's very lightweight. It usually has um, like a texture to it that... um, Layer lines. Yeah. Yeah. It's very... Once you pick it up and look at it, it is very recognizably 3D printed. Yeah. <laughs> it's also pretty like low resolution, I guess you could call it. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, I think the coolness factor was just the fact that you could you could do it. Like this is something mm-hmm. that you could actually do. But like the usefulness of the items that you would print out with a standard filament printer just didn't seem yeah. to be super 
useful outside the actual yeah. printing and viewing. And the results, while not necessarily what you'd want from, you know, like a gift, like giving like a 3D printed object as a gift was like, oh, great. That, that's awesome. I'll put that someplace. Um, <laughs> now I have this spiky thing that'll hold my avocado pit over water. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yes, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> but even before that, the amount of fiddliness of a filament-based printer, and when we say filament, I'm talking about the spools of plastic wire, essentially. Um, it, it just always struck me as something that was always breaking down. Like, I have friends who have 3D printers, and they're constantly talking about needing a new nozzle or a new X-axis motor or, you know, something. something's always broken on these printers. And I'm like, A, that's just too much work for B, something that doesn't seem <laughs> all that great when you're ending with it. So I, I have a number of 3D things, 3D printed things for games and upgrades and stuff, but I got them from Etsy. Because if I want some 3D terrain, I can just go to Etsy, buy it there. They're going to 3D print it, overcharge me for it. That's fine. I didn't have to deal with the fiddliness of it, setting it all up. You know, I'm fine doing that for certain things. I am not getting 3D printed money. I don't like that's cheaper to me than cardboard money. And it weighs less than cardboard money, like, you know, little money chips or something like that. But then I so I went back to Michigan for Halloween, which is the first time I've seen my family in Michigan since the pandemic, actually. And um, my brother-in-law had a, he's like, oh, yeah, I've been here. Look at this piece. This is like some kind of hook that he made to just put on a door. And he's like, yeah, I 3D printed this. And I pick it up and I'm like, this thing has actual weight to it. Like, this is heavy. And I'm like, wait, you printed this? This is this like, uh, he's like, yeah, it's a resin printer. I'm like, what's a resin printer? Now, I know what resin is. I've been in the game industry long enough to like the resin minis. I know what these are. They're essentially before you do big castings of miniatures, you print them in resin and that's your proof. What I didn't realize was how cheap resin printers are and then how easy resin printers are to use. Now, they're toxic. Fine. I'll give you that. But they're so <laughs> easy to use. And so he brought me over to his house and he's like showing me there's, he has one printer that just finished. So he shows me like the cleaning process and then how to, you know, harden the outer shell and all this stuff. And then another one's like in the middle of printing something. So I'm like watching this thing print and all along, I'm just like, this is the type of thing that I want. This is the type of feel and quality that I want because there are no layer lines. You don't see mm -hmm. like the resolution on a, a typical filament um, printer is 0.4 millimeters. The resolution on a resin printer is 0 0.05 millimeters by default, but you can actually go to 0 0.01 millimeters, which is just ridiculously thin layers. And so when you print one of these things, it's just like, it comes out like commercial grade. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. And it's like, this is cool. And then the thing that really got me is like, oh yeah, I printed a few Hero Forge models. Now he doesn't, he doesn't role play or anything like that, but you know, Hero Forge, we've talked about it in the past, where you can go on Hero Forge and make your own character for just about any game, anything. And one of the things you can do if you don't want to buy the miniature through them is you can get the STL, which is the file used for 3D printing, and print it yourself. On a filament printer, it turns out like you'd expect, exactly what you would imagine. On a resin printer, it turns out amazing. Eric's showing us a couple on screen right now. It's like, you would not know that those were resin <laughs> printed. You would say, like, that came in a board game or I got this, you know, picked it up at the store or whatever. 
and it's actual real plastic. It's actual real plastic. <laughs> On top of that, the amounts, the types of resins, there's so many kinds of resin that allows you to do like all kinds of cool things. So he's showing me this. He's showing me all the stuff that I need. And then I'm like, by the time I got back from Michigan, I had the printer sitting at my front door. The next day I had the washing <laughs> and, and um, oh, what is it? I, I want to say hardening, but it's not that. It's like a basically a final treatment uh, station altogether. I had a bottle of resin that I just randomly grabbed, which turned out to be curing. That's the word I was looking for. Thanks, Eric. Um, then I had a bottle of resin that I just randomly got off of Amazon, which wasn't necessarily like a gray resin. It was a transparent, smoky black resin, which more on that in a minute. And <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And I got like a gallon of isopropyl alcohol so I can you know clean the miniatures and stuff. And I'm like, I'm all in. And I go and I put my first print and it has to run for about 45 minutes before you can see. So the uh, let, let's first actually back up. Let's talk about the difference between <laughs> resin printers and filament printers. So you guys have kind of talked about filament printers. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, it, it, they're glorified I hot I think if glue most guns. people have, yeah, if you've seen a 3D printer, you've probably seen a filament printer, if that's what you're thinking of. And yeah, it is like a hot glue gun. And you can see... Uh, like videos of people with like their 3D printing pens, you know, and it's just, it shoots out a kind of string of plastic that is warmed up enough to mold and then it hardens pretty quick as it comes to room temperature. Yeah. Exactly. It's a very fancy hot it. glue gun. Yes. It's a very fancy hot glue gun. <laughs> yep. And some of them have multiple colors that you can do at a time and you can build that into your files when you send them to the printer. Um, obviously, two one color is the most common, followed by two. And I've actually seen up to four colors, which are fine. It's still a f- four colors of, you know, molded plastic. String. <laughs> yeah, of string. Yeah. Now, the resin printers, and this was all new to me. So I'm going to assume, uh, and I showed Fletcher this weekend what this was. And Kitty, have you seen a resin printer in action? Yes. Well, in a video of one. But. Okay. Um, and yeah, if you just Google um, resin printer, uh, Elegoo Mars 2, or just Mars 2 resin printer, um, just Google's, that is the one I have. The build plate on it is relatively small. And by the build plate, that's like what the model is building on. But it's like, I don't know, maybe... The working surface area. Is the it a work, plate? Yeah. It is, it is literally a plate. Huh. Yes. <laughs> it's a plate that you build on. What a yep. creatively named. Um, so I'm, I'm showing one to the camera that is like what the is size like of four? the build plate. And I'd say, yeah, it's, I don't know if even it's five by four, maybe five by four, five by three, four and a half by three and a half, somewhere in that range. Relatively small. Now, it's, you can build taller than you can width and length, if that makes sense, because the Z axis, you have more room to play with. But the plate themselves on most resin printers are pretty small. You can get bigger ones, but um, the filament printers, you can get really big build plates. The main difference between a filament printer and a resin printer is the filament printer builds from the bottom up. So it prints the first layer, and then it moves up and prints the second, and the next, and the next, and the next. A resin printer turns it upside down. So now the build plate that the model sticks on is stuck on this plate upside down. And it dips into a vat of liquid resin, and it gets to about you know, 0.05 millimeters above the bottom of it. So there's just a very thin layer of resin and a black light, not a black light, a UV light gets shined up in a pattern that is for that entire layer. 
usually for about two seconds or so, which hardens that layer. And then the whole build plate lifts up, the whole model lifts up, and then it goes back down and does the next layer. And you just keep doing this. And it's, you know, about, I don't know, maybe 500. Uh, I could do the math. So we have 254 <laughs> millimeters per inch times point. Okay, while you're zero. doing that math, I will, I will quickly des- describe what you're trying to say for anybody that got lost. <laughs> In a filament printer, you're building from the bottom up, but the nozzle is moving up each layer, just as you would expect, like you're building a building from the ground up. And yes, when, Legos. Like, like Lego, exactly. <clears throat> um, for the resin printer, you're still building from the bottom up, but it's the plate that is moving up, and the vat of liquid is at the bottom. So you end up with the whole thing upside down. Yes. And I think it's about 500 layers an inch. So like a 2,000 layers would be a, you know, a four-inch tall structure of some sort. And if you think about about an average of two to three seconds per layer, you can see how this really adds up over time. And it takes about an hour per inch to print something in resin, which is not much slower or faster than a filament-based printer. But the filament-based printers is based mostly on the bulk, not necessarily on the height, because it's gonna the arm is going to move around in the X and Y position until that layer is done, then it's going to go up and do the next layer and the next layer. So it's based on the n- total volume, where a resin printer is based on just the height. You can put as many things on the build plate as you want, and it's going to be the same amount of time if it's all under a certain number of inches. So I, I, that was a really long-winded way of saying you don't know if it's working until about 45 minutes in when the build plate rises <laughs> up enough where you can see if there's anything on it because otherwise it's under this resin layer most of the time. Um, so my first print, the build plate comes up, nothing there. And when that happens, you have to drain the resin from the basin, uh, clean off the bottom transparent sheet because that's where the resin's all stuck because it didn't stick to the build plate, clean everything up, put resin back in, tweak your settings, and try again. After the fourth failure, I'm getting a little frustrated because it's supposed to be super <laughs> simple. And it is, you know, pour resin in, press go. It's just not working. And then I finally found the right setting. And in this case, it was exposure time. Each resin requires a certain amount of exposure. And the base layers, usually the first two to six layers, require a lot more because you want that to be hardened so it sticks to the build plate. Well, I was using this transparent resin, but I was using numbers for a typical gray resin. And I needed to bump those numbers up quite a bit because as the light is passing through transparent resin, not as much of it gets captured. So it needs more time to be exposed. Once I fixed that, everything just printed and just worked. Everything just started working. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. I haven't printed anything interesting, though. I literally, <laughs> like, I, I printed, I think, a, a square, like a cube for my first print. But it was working. And that was exciting. And I'm like, now let's go to Thingiverse. So, Kitty, do you know what Thingiverse is? Vaguely. So, Fletcher, what is your familiarity with Thingiverse? It's where everybody posts their own like 3D model you know, files for everything that you can 3D print. Yes. So, if you were looking for something and you don't have any kind of talent, <laughs> Eric calls it the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, it's like a... What's that music service where you can just post anything soundcloud yeah it's like soundcloud but for yeah. but for 3d printed objects <laughs> yeah some some stuff is going to be really good and a lot of stuff is just going to be mediocre to garbage oh, yeah i will say there's a significant amount of mediocre to garbage 
So, but it's where you go because it's all free. Everything on Thingiverse is free. So you go there and you're like searching for different things and download a model. Eric Huffman and says MySpace. Yeah. Yeah. Same. MySpace for 3D models. <laughs> yeah. And so there's like lots of cool things, but really I got this printer for, to bring it back to our topic, for board games. I want to be able to, so honestly, in all ways, I got this because of Car Wars. The Car Wars scale <laughs> is big. It's very what? big. You're really focused on Car Wars right I know. now? I'm shocked. I know. I'm just c- trying to give you an idea of what you can do with this. But the scale is, is is big. Now, you can play at that scale if you have a designated play space. But if you just want to sit down at like a card table or something, you can't play this game. At least not the way it was meant to be played. So I wanted yeah. to... On a card table, you might be able to do a one versus one battle. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So I wanted to scale this down from Hot Wheels scale to mini to micro machine scale, which is it's it's hard when you talk about two dimensions. It's a quarter of the size, but it's half in any one dimension. So essentially from 164 to 128 scale. And I'm like, all I gotta do is model these bases. And someone had already modeled the the turnkey. Those two things together are the the game as far as like the scale is concerned. So if I have a 3D printer that's printing quality components I want to use, this this could work. And that's what I spent the week doing was trying to figure out how to do this. But since someone had modeled the key, I didn't need to do that. But I did need to model the bases, bringing us to 3D modeling. <laughs> so if you're a 3D modeler, then all of this is easy to you. And you probably, if you're a 3D modeler, you probably have printers and you're probably screaming at me and telling me I'm getting it all wrong and all of that. <laughs> I'm offending you because I, I, I'm telling you that the filament printers are eh. But I'm not a 3D modeler. But I went out and like, okay, I can learn this. So I downloaded a program called Blender, which is an amazing 3D modeling and animation program. And it's completely free. It is also a 3D modeling and animation program and completely over my head. I was able to model a square and stretched a couple sides. And then it couldn't make it do anything else. But I'm like, all right, let me just see if I can print this thing. And I did. I was able to export it, import it into the slicer because you need to slice it for the printer, get it ready for the printer, put it on the printer. And I printed out this little block almost that I made. This was me. I put it, in, made it from a 3D object into this. And then I tried making my Car Wars base and I just kept failing over and over and over. And then I realized, and Fletcher, I don't know if I showed you this when you were here, but um, a program called OpenSCAD, which is a scripting language for making 3D models. And CAD-like models, so you can do very exacting things with it. it now I've, like, I've made a half a dozen models, and every one of them works perfectly, and the models are super easy to make. And my life has changed by owning a resin printer, and I'm going to 3D print stuff for so many different games, because now I can. And now it's taking me to the thing, it's like, resin is great for detailed models, but now I want to make like game inserts and I'm like, Oh crap, I'm going to have to get a filament printer because those are just, they print bigger and for like wall sizes and stuff, they're a little sturdier and they're lighter, a lot lighter. So they actually make for good inserts where putting like a half a liter of resin in your game box is probably not the most efficient way of burning resin, but I'm hooked. I am so hooked and uh, it's so much fun. So Fletcher, what do you think? Are you in? You want a 3d printer? Uh, I mean, I do, but, as with most things in my house, I just don't have the space for it. <laughs> oh, this one's little. You saw how little this was. 
They are, yes, they are much smaller, but still, I don't have a ton of space. But also, um, like, <laughs> we'll add it to again, Fletcher's wedding toxic. present list. All right, so let's talk about the toxic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry about the toxicity. <laughs> Just don't bathe in it. All right, well, I am going to say this right now. Do not take any of my advice on this toxicity stuff that we're oh, about gosh. to talk about. Don't listen yeah. to Chris. Don't listen to me. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this with, it is recommended that you use nitrile, nitrile gloves as a nitrile. nitrile gloves as opposed to latex. Although I have found several sites online that say latex gloves are completely fine. They block the resin. Um, but everyone in all the resin forums say you have to get this because latex, you'll, you'll die or they don't say that, but, um, <laughs> John says toxic schmucks it. Um, and they, most of them recommend that you wear a respirator. Uh, but a typical COVID mask is just fine. And that's what comes in the box with the uh, Mars 2 printer. Also, uh, those are the big ones. I usually, well, I've, I've never worn a mask. The smell you is just in a re- well ventilated area. <laughs> well ventilated area. Yep. You also wear glasses. So if you don't wear glasses, maybe get some goggles yes. or something. Maybe safety get some glasses. safety glasses. Yeah. Now, and all of that is for, so this stuff is a type one um toxic chemical or you know you might find some type 2 resins but probably not anymore most of the commercial resins are type 1 and they even have some stuff that's more organic but it, even the organic stuff is still type 1 type 1 is equivalent to like draino so you're not going to bathe in draino and you don't want to drink draino or get draino in your eyes but you you still use you also don't want to pour it in your you know clogged sink and then like sit there smelling it for the yeah you don't want to stand yes. over While it you breathing watch it deep. working <laughs> right yeah. so it's it's important to drink like all these cleaning things it's important to understand that yes there's fumes and there's ways that you need to handle these and handle them safely you can go to one extreme or the other i've saw several youtube videos where the guy was never wearing gloves never wearing glasses or anything he's like yeah i just have a system where if it does get in my hands i just immediately wash it in the alcohol and it's fine i've never had a problem that's probably one extreme the other is you know putting on a respirator and you know hazmat suit hazmat suit and having like this is my sterilized area. This is my non-sterilized area, and all of that. It's not that You're hard. Working to clean in a hood, like with the so with a the lot arms of people who I watch on YouTube or other places that wear like more intense respirators or like even like breathing systems. It is because um, a mask will block their audio more than the more intense the, the respirators. Breathing stuff. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, They'll they'll use those if you're filming content while you are also 3D printing. But also, you know, like it's one of these things from mom over here. Uh, yeah, you know, better safe than sorry. Wear yes. the respirator because, like, you know, what's the worst thing that happens? Oh no, I spent too much money saving my lungs from toxic <laughs> fumes. Oh dear. If you're buying a 3D resin printer, just wear the mask. Don't listen to Chris. Yeah. Well, again, I'm not actually making any kind of recommendations. The mask that comes in <laughs> with the printer Chris are doesn't have any more brain cells like the, left, left um, to lose. There is a kind of a triple well they're yeah. no, they're not at well, they're surgical masks. They're triple layer <laughs> surgical masks. So, which are not, not N95. Even an N95? Well, nobody wears an N95. And N95 is literally the thing that seals around your face. Like nobody wears N95s. But um, yeah, but it's just basically a triple layer. Bound to misinformation. <laughs> I, I, N95 mask. 
Let's see. Um, they're the ones that look like weird coffee filters. Well, no, they're the ones that also have like the little respirator thingies. But yes, these. All right, I still don't see anyone wearing these masks either. But you can, like, honestly, you could wear them if you wanted to. Like I said, the surgical mask is the one that it comes with. <laughs> um, it really depends on the the resins itself. If you only have one printer, the the resin is typically almost always covered because when the printer is printing, it's covered. Um, you're going from the bottle to the printer and then you're covering it. So it's very, very rare that it's exposed. If you have a ton of printers going on and a bunch of open resin containers, you're going to be in a, you know, yes, take more precautions. Or but- huge like resin, like that thing. Yeah. I mean, yours was pretty small. Yes. They're very like little. I mean, resin would hold. Fletcher, you were over while I was printing something. Like, did you even smell the resin? No. I didn't. I mean, you had all the bottles like closed up and you had, <laughs> except when you were like removing the 3D printed thing or like showing it to me. I guess maybe I did smell it when I got really close one time when I was like looking at it. Yeah. But when we were just playing, I couldn't smell it. Yeah. And the you printers. You did have the lid on. Yeah. And the printer's in the same room as we were playing. So it was printing yeah. while it's we a were big playing. Room. Yeah. So what what I'm basically getting at is take precautions. But it's not like you need to have a ventilation system in order to... You don't to, need a hazmat suit. Y- yeah. Be careful. Just... It is, you know, and also, um, you know, like, make sure you're storing your materials properly, right temperatures. You don't want, you know, like, things overheating and exploding and that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of people say, you know, a garage is a great place to set this up, which is true if you're in, like, San Francisco, Unless, where it's always yeah. 70. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you live in Chicago and it yeah. gets very freezing cold and something even like a um, can of Dr. Pepper can explode and destroy your porch. Yeah. And so. the printing really doesn't work well below like 65 <laughs> or above like 75. <laughs> Christopher Dog, mm-hmm. keep it away from your meth lab cooking. <laughs> that, that is true. It is flammable. The, actually, the alcohol, because you use isopropyl alcohol, yeah, that is far more is crazy. That is far more flammable and explosive than the res- resin is. So, also, you have to be careful um, because did you know that your eyeballs can absorb alcohol and you can get drunk that way? Ooh, yes, noted. Yeah. <laughs> why, why did you get really excited so about that? Watch that out. <laughs> Ooh. Watch out for that. Yeah. These words, yes. Yeah. Now, if you're concerned, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, and if you are concerned about the resin toxicity, there are water soluble resins, so you don't actually need alcohol to do it at all, and those tend to be less toxic. And there are somewhere between like 45 and 55 percent um, plant based uh, resins as well. So there are you can just you know get different kinds of resins if you want to quote unquote safer you know chemical in your house now that's the and if you're looking into it these are all uv curing resins as opposed to two-part epoxy resins yes so yes we should talk about these are specifically for resin printers they're 405 Mm -hmm. nanometer wavelengths you know responding to uv light um you're not mixing two epoxies together to get like a nice hardened resin on top of the bar however you can (laughs) So, I mean, you can't use those resins in your 3D printer. But one of the things that I printed, I'm going to show it on Zoom. This is just a hockey puck. Um, basically, this is a maybe a two-inch circle. And this is one of the very first things that I uh, rendered myself. And what this is, is it's a two-inch circle about maybe three-quarters inch thick. And inside of it, I engraved the letters of Zachary's name. And then, so that those were basically empty holes. Then 
That was my smoky gray resin. Then I took an eyedropper and dropped in regular white resin and in the holes and then shined UV light on it to harden it and added about three layers of resin inside of there. So it's resin inside of resin. And it came out like just a really kind of neat effect. So now he looks at it and like, what does this say? He's like, it says Zachary Steele. I'm like, so now he has a hockey puck with his name on it. And he loves it. So you can do lots of things. Um, another thing I just recently did was um, I have a gray resin. And then I bought a CMYK resin or a color set. And the gray resin's fine, but I'm like, I want to add, make it a little bit bluish. So I added some blue color to it. And then I printed a Millennium Falcon. And now it's like a gray blue Millennium Falcon that is like super neat. And like, I don't need to paint it. I could paint it, but I don't want to. I like the color. So I'm just going to keep it like this. And now this is a toy. Please, you need to like dry brush that and dirty it up. The Millennium Falcon has never looked clean in its existence. I'm just going to print another one. In straight yeah, gray, in, so I don't feel in bad. In the movie Solo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I mean, in the movie Solo, if it looks that clean, they have done it a disservice because I feel like it was built already falling apart. Yes. That is the story of the Millennium Falcon in my brain and <laughs> nothing that they put out past, I don't know, 1980-whatever is I worthwhile. Don't, most people opinion. don't even remember Solo happened, so it's right? totally fine. Although I did like Rogue One. I take it back. <laughs> Rogue One was great. Um, but yeah, so, and then I have some clear resin, just like straight, transparent clear, but I can mix in the pigments with that. So then I can like, you know, make a blue or red or yellow transparent print out of those things. So the, my point I'm getting at is there's a ton of different types of resins you can use. They're all about $30 for a liter and a liter will print you, you know, the equivalent of maybe 20 or 30 um, one inch miniatures. So it's it's not a terrible return. Like if you are just printing miniatures, it's usually about a dollar a miniature, a little bit less. Um, and I'm just, my mind's going crazy for all the different things that I can make for upgrading board games. And now I can go to Thingiverse and be like, hey, did someone, is there a, a resource model for whatever new game just came out or mini poker chips? And I want to print them in resin. So they're like stack and clank and all of that kind of stuff. It's still only been a week and a half for me, and I'm still, like, riding the, oh, this is new and fun. So we'll see. I'll report back <laughs> in in a couple of weeks to see if it's, like, eh, it's just it hasn't printed anything in a week because I'm bored of it. Um, but all in all, for $200, that's how much this printer is, it's not a bad, like, little side hobby for, you know, making all kinds of tabletop mods and such. And... To circle back to my Car Wars thing, um, I did print it at micro machine level. I did get the bases working. The micro machine is way too small. So I did a middle at about (laughs) 75% as opposed to 50%. And now I have the um, pieces I need for Car Wars to play it at a smaller scale. And so instead of needing a three foot by three foot area, now I only need a two foot by two foot area, which is much more reasonable. That's like a standard board game board. But I still have the same, everything else is the same distance and all of those things for when you're measuring distance and stuff. So it served its purpose for what I need. And now I just keep looking at things. I'm like, okay, how can I make this better? And how can I make that better? <laughs> so I'm I'm addicted. Can you uh, keep printing dice? That is my next thing. So, because <laughs> resin dice, right? Is that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm fairly certain um, because resin dice are just, you know, Basically, I'm printing in resin. I'm pretty sure that I can print 
dice without a problem. Six-sided dice would be no problem at all. Um, and mm-hmm. pretty much all sided dice would be fine because any 3D program you can essentially, you know, just say the number of sides you want and it'll, it'll put it out there. And then you are just going to etch the sides in there. The only thing I'm concerned with, so resin printing requires um, supports. So these these supports get attached or they look like uh, scaffolding. Because it's being printed upside down, you need to make sure that there's enough scaffolding around the model so the model doesn't fall off as it gets too heavy. It's more like a flying buttress, but yes. Yes. <laughs> so with dice, it's just a matter of making sure that there's enough supports on there. But I think you just put a support on every corner and it would be completely fine. And so, yeah, I'm going to try it. Kitty's, Kitty's dying because Fletcher <laughs> made her laugh dying. while she was drinking. I almost spit take straight into my microphone, <laughs> but I did not. I'm an adult. Yeah, but flying buttress, not a phrase that gets used often enough in adult <laughs> conversation. It's pretty much exactly what it is. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's holding it up from the outside <laughs> as opposed to the inside. Yeah. So um, my question to you guys is, uh, actually, I wrote some stuff down here that uh, DLP, our digital light processing, that's the resin printer. And that's basically works the way that we talked about. FDM, sometimes you'll hear that. That's a fuse, de- fuse de- deposition modeling. It's the hot glue gun. It's the what I call a filament printer. Um, there's another type of printer called SLA, which is Kitty. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. This was my one job for this episode. The <laughs> stereolithograph. Yes, that Stereo one. Stereolithography. <laughs> yes. So that one works very similar to resin printers, uh, but there's a laser underneath it that is burning in the filament or, or um, hardening the resin from below. So the digital light processing ones are the ones that do a full layer at a time, and those are your at-home printers. The SLAs, I think they can be much more precise, but they take a lot longer because you need a laser to run over the entire layer before it can move on to the next layer. And there's a bunch of other ones as well that are more commercial-based. Um, but yeah, typically you're going to get an SLA print or a, sorry, a DLP printer or an FDM, which can be shorthanded to resin or filament. Um, all right, so Symbionese Liberation Army. No, Christopher, that's not that. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the question I have for you guys Can you think of board gaming stuff that you would be like, huh, if I could have any kind of object made for this game, whether for storage or to make it easier to play or whatever, um, pick a game and tell me, like, what would you? want to make that game just quality of life for that game better um i think it would be fun to print my own minis for D. i think that would be a ton of fun as opposed to ordering them um why why pay 15 dollars when i can pay 200 dollars and print unlimited minis? <laughs> <laughs> yes um i think and- you make your money back pretty quick on that though because we talk about hero forge it's eight dollars for a three D printer file, but for the good quality print that would be essentially equivalent to what you would get in the resin, it's like forty five dollars. So you start making your money back pretty quick on that. Darren says yeah, a dice tower. Enough of them. Yep. Um, and some other like odds and ends, I think it would be nice to have. I've always kind of been a little bit fascinated on um, it, like cylindrical dice. Have you have you seen those? Like the mm-hmm. just big circles, big spheres. Well, no. so I, it, it's it's like um, it's a cylinder. So so the ends are capped off. But okay, you just so like roll barrels, it and it's like yeah. a cylinder. Yeah, 
It's like a yeah. barrel, exactly. And um, obviously, you can make almost infinite number of sides on those if you want to. But yep. I think I don't know why. It's just another dice, but I think it would be fun to use those from time to time. And you can, you can I could print that. Yeah, Kitty just sent us a link in our chat on um, th- setting up 3D printed dice. And yeah, these look. I'm. I'm. This is my next project. I'm going to now print dice. <laughs> and, well, one of the things um, I want. I'm interested in dice. I'm interested in minis. Um, I don't know. There are so many games like all those kind of cool, like little wooden components that you can upgrade and thing like anything that's a cardboard shit that can be upgraded to a wooden component can in theory be upgraded to a 3d printed component. So stuff like, you know, we could make tiny worms for wingspan or I don't know, our own custom colored Azul tiles or Ooh, Azul is a good is. one. Yeah, because you could print Azul each... is so easy because they're just starburst. Yeah, well, you could print, <laughs> print each set with a different type of resin as well. So they would look very different to each mm-hmm. other. And I've seen some people, like, they'll put additives in the resin that, like, just, you know, floating glitter. And the glitter will get frozen, like, locked into the different layers. And it's interesting because the glitter, it tends to be less of it at the top of the print and more at the bottom as the glitter like settle, settles in and mixes in. So there's some like really cool effects you can accidentally get in those situations. I like the idea of like... So yeah, dice, apparently people are very concerned about if 3D printed dice are fair. Well, so that's the thing. As I say, maybe you don't print 3D printed <laughs> dice for fairness, although I think they're probably fair, but you may print them as countdown dice. So a D20, you can get like a countdown die where it starts as 20, 19, and like you just... The next, finding the next side is always adjacent, but no other side has a common countdown. So if you wanted a D10 to count things down, it would be easier to print a countdown D10 than trying to balance a D10 for being fair. Also, I think they'd be fine. People are overly concerned with their floating dice and water tests and stuff like that. But like that, I can see using this for using it for. Yeah. (laughs) Unless somebody is like always winning. Do we really need to care? We really don't need to care. Um, I was also thinking like 3D printed dials. So when we were playing Mm -hmm. Gaslands, we had a D6, which tracked our gear because, you know, it's easy to track a gear. Uh, it's one to five, so it was easy to do. But you can imagine 3D printing your own dial that you can, you know, make it look like a little gear shift that you slide forward and backwards. So I'm going to shift an, up a gear or something like that. So you can, like, make custom dials for all of these things. Um, again, if you're not into the 3D modeling thing, if you're a programmer or are comfortable with, like, you know, scripting in general, check out Open SCAD. Um, it makes all this stuff really easy to do. Or find a friend who knows how to do it and make them do it for you. And then you can print it on your thing and trade some printing services for their modeling service. But they already have a 3D printer. Um, Eric says he's seen MDF dials, so it can be it can be done. Yes. So I'm like I said, I am looking at like just making dashboards in general for a lot of different things. Now, this is also why the dashboard piece is why I'm actually thinking of getting a filament based um, printer. So I made a resin print of this dashboard I made up for uh, Car Wars, which turned out awesome. Um, I ran out of resin and the thing split, but that's that. this is just a test print. But the general model itself is awesome, but it's not big enough for really being able to use. And my build plate's not going to be big enough to print it at the size I want. So then I'm like, well, if I get a filament-based printer 
for this kind of stuff that's like really thin, the filament printer works out great because it gives you layer lines on the side, but the surface is usually very, very smooth. You just have to be careful because the resolution is still you know, limited, but if it's bigger, it, it tends not to be a problem. But yeah, it's a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole that's fun and everyone needs a hobby. And Or two or three or four. Or two or three or four. Or nine. Yeah. yeah. And some hobbies like spin into other hobbies and... You know, all of my Christmas gifts this year are going to be 3D printed knickknacks. Like, here you go. This is a puck with your I'll name in it, I'll send you Kitty. the file of my Christmas present. <laughs> actually, you should do that. If you have a... Because a, I'm actually... No, no, I'm super curious. Because I'll print out all the little doll parts. And then you have to put it together. Yeah, I'm curious how it turns out. Because, um, yeah. Because I was watching the video. I was like, oh, I don't know. You're the resin printer. I'm not going to do this. I don't know. But here we are. You you get me the files. I will I print them out. Should have known that I know Chris Steele. <laughs> hey, I was anti three D printing for a very long time. I had to see it in person. I had to see the process from start to finish, and it just happened to line up. I was in the right. Well, I don't know if it was the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time. Right time, but either way, <laughs> I was where I needed to be to be convinced that this was the type of three D printing that would fascinate me. And it really does. Like it's just a ton of fun. I really like doing this. And I'm looking at this dice thing that you sent me. And so this shows, usually you'll see like gray as your standard resin print. And these dice, there's one of them that's clear. And since I have the clear resin and I have the pigments, I want to make a bunch of clear dice and then fill in the the numbers with like a different color resin, like a black resin inside of the clear resin. And I just think that would look really, really cool. So it's like, those are the kinds of things that I can I can fiddle with and play with. Wearing gloves and a mask and, you know, having a fan on. Sydney, I will say, Sydney is like, you need to put a fan on because I can smell it. And I think she definitely smells the (laughs) alcohol. And she's not wrong. I need to put a fan out there just so that, you know, it's better. Um, This was a temporary setup to get working. And I'm trying not to make it a permanent setup because it's on one of my gaming tables. But, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. Um, I will be doing a YouTube video on this probably at some point. So... You can see the different things I got and what I learned and what I'm using it for. But I want to print a few more things and really kind of get a better feel for if I was going to recommend someone do this, what you should start with. So Fletcher already has the printer added to his Amazon card, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Fletcher have both started browsing the internet. Um, so. I, I was hey. looking at it and I was like, oh, can I justify this? I don't know. I first need a bigger house. This is a really. I've gone as far as I can go before I accidentally click on a YouTube video and it starts playing in my ear. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, you guys, Fletcher, next time you're up here, we'll. I mean, you saw what the printer is. It's not that hard to to handle. But I can let you just do the whole process, so you can be like, "Oh, okay, I get this. This this is easy enough to do." Um, Kitty, same thing. If you ever come and visit us. Christopher says, use a 3D printer to print a larger house. He has a point there. (laughs) I need a bigger uh, 3D printer. So that's actually what my brother-in-law is doing. He is printing the pieces for a 3D printer on his resin printer. But he's printing out the pieces for a large um, filament-based printer. Now, he's like, the only thing I can't do, the nozzle itself can't be resin printed because it's still plastic and it will melt. 
But all of everything else, he can just print all the pieces and then assemble it. And then he's built another 3D printer. And this is how the robots take over the world, by the way. But still, cool. Just saying. All right. So custom dice sets for Christmas. Yes. I'm so printing custom dice. I'm just doing this. And I'm not going to use sharp corners. I'm it's so gonna be nice excited. Smooth corners. It's, they're going to be so nice. I want some dice. All right. Done and done. And I'll, I, I, on the uh, high side, it'll say your name. <laughs> <laughs> a one of a kind set. All right. Do we have anything else? Have I waxed on poetically? <laughs> waxed. Get it? Um, no, you don't. All right, resin prints when they first come out of the, <laughs> when they first get done, they feel a little waxy until you do the the final curing. So when I say wax now, I think of my resin prints. I think I knew where you were heading with that, but I was like, <laughs> I'm not sure. It was a leap. Uh, maybe maybe we'll get some 3D printer enthusiasts as part of the channel to make up for all the gaming enthusiasts that have left our channel due to this episode. Maybe we'll break even. Uh, so anyway, how's that? How's that for an episode? It's, it's an, an episode. episode. <laughs> 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 oh, I love my co-hosts. They're At the some best. point, me and Fletcher, I think, like we're gonna become redundant. We are just like slowly turning into the same person. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, next week we're gonna talk about, and so you guys need to do a little bit of thought on this one. Uh, oh, we've no. talked about house rules in the past. Uh, this is. We're going to talk about not house rules, but kind of tangentially entire game mods. So here's the components for a game. The game is okay and you want to change a significant portion or it just sucks and you want to just make an entire rule set around the game, but using the same components, but you're just going to make your own rules. Um, essentially, this is a good way for fledgling game designers or any game designer or anyone who who's just thinking about you know, I want to get into game design. It's like, here's the components, design a game with it. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. Like, what are the pros and cons of that? Why would anyone want to do that or not want to do that? And just think about it, both of you, this is your homework. Um, just think about a game you have that's like, eh, it's okay. And if you had to just completely redesign a new game around it, like, where would you even start? What would you do? Why would you want to do that? And yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about next week. Kitty's like, I don't want okay. to design stuff. You're a liar. You like designing stuff. <laughs> I'm so glad I had this conversation with myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. All right, I'll stop talking. Is it time for me to read? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Want to watch us record live? You can find a link for that in the show notes, too. Comments or questions? Email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the Support Us link. And there's a link in the show notes, too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Terrence Miltner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Brian Arnold, Michael Yanikowski, David Sellers, David Radke, Jason Marks, Ann Reynolds, Christopher Letko, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Joe Rackstad, Weatherman Keefe, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Droke, David Rank, Nicholas Lotz, Jerry Wong, C. Marie, Justin Willard, Jason Rodney, Cindy Loom, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Faz Flintham, Eric Salander, Glenn Cotter, John Williams, Sir Sully, Andrew Fayesh, Kamal Berth, Peter Fleming, Gary Bunker, Lightning Steve, Jim Conrad, Dan Seed, Ryan Ellett, Dan, Danita Hersey, Courtney Falk, David Wagoner, 
Sean P. Kelly, Mike Smith, Caleb O'Brien, Don Gilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Toth, Charles Pearson, Jesse Wheeler, Ronald Roy, Tony Simpkins, David Garner, and Darren McClellan. And thank you to everyone who's ever been a patron. Your support means the world to us. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So, Kenny, I'm looking at these uh, dice setups. I kind of like their D4s. <laughs> I um, didn't look at... I just, like, grabbed the first thing on Google, so... <laughs> this is this is in-depth. They have one at the very end that just shows a D20 with the glitter that I was talking about. So, it has, like, a clear resin with a pink glitter, and then they um, painted in gold for the numbers. It's pretty cool, and I'm going to do it. I'm not going to use sharp corners, though. I don't know why they use the sharp corners. I'm going to I'm gonna round the corners, but it's going to be cool. So you guys have to send me the color of dice you want and the numbers, and and then we're going from there. Also, I'll print Sounds out your good. Hero Forge characters. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>